Martin, it is so great to catch up with you again. Thank you so much for joining me again on Notably Texan. You bet, Matt. Thanks for having me. It's great to be back. I last spoke to you in our studios back in, I believe it was 2018, so we obviously have a lot to catch up on. Uh, That was such a different time. We had no idea uh, how good we had it back in 2018, and the world really changed a lot since then. (laughs) Yes. Very true. The, the before times. The right. <laughs> well, and I, I wish that we were speaking face-to-face, but for safety's sake, we're just going to do this remotely. And uh, hopefully next time, though, we'll have you back in studio, if that sounds like a plan. Yes. Yes, absolutely. Well, I, uh, I suppose you've actually been back for some time now, but I wanted to say uh, welcome back to Texas. Thank you. Thank you very much. Yeah. Uh, I think about a year after we spoke, I was I was in the midst of trying to, to move back around the time we met back in 2018, and uh, we moved back around uh, January 2019, so about three years that we've been back. Nice, nice. Well, yeah, like I said, you, you're uh, well settled back in down here, but I wanted to make sure I gave you the official welcome back. I know that uh, you're Thank you. you're originally from Dallas, but uh, as, as I'm recalling some of the things we talked about uh, all those years ago, you spent some time elsewhere in Texas too, didn't you? I did. I lived in Austin for, for five years uh, in San Antonio for a minute. Also, but uh, spent my my kind of college years in Austin, and then another year or so just exploring the music scene there. Nice. Well, yeah. How could you not? Right. There's a big draw. <laughs> yeah. yeah, absolutely. There were some great artists down there, and still are. Do you uh, still have uh, family that are living out this way in Northeast Texas? Also, I do. You know, my my brother spent all of uh, all of 2020 out in Mount Vernon uh, at a little house that my folks have had for a long time, for like 30 years. Uh, and they spend a lot of time there lately, too. Um, so, we, yeah, we get out there fairly often. That's very cool. I love that uh, local connection to us here. You know, relatively local, but <laughs> certainly. Right. And my, I think I, I might have mentioned my, my great-grandparents were from uh, Terrell also. Oh, okay, wow. Got it. A lot of East Texas history. Yeah, you do. No kidding. Kind of throwing back to what we were referring to a little bit earlier, um, and just remind me here, forgive me if some of this is things we covered in our last interview, but sure, uh, no, no worries. what was it that inspired you actually to kind of uh, pack up and leave your home state to, to move to New York City all those years ago? Uh, it was music, mostly. Um, there was a lot going on in the in the folk, kind of folk rock scene in New York at that time. Uh, in the early aughts, and I had been there visiting and really wanted to be a part of it and uh, was always fascinated by the city. And, and uh, it took me a while, a couple of years, to get up ahead of steam and actually try to move there. And I, I moved there without even a, a place to live. I eventually just said, I'm going to go up there and couch surf for a while and try to find a sublet. And, and uh, I ended up sticking around for, for 10 years. That's incredible, man. I think that's something that so many people have have dreamed of doing, but just don't have the guts to do. But uh, you said, "Hey, why not? I'm gonna give it a shot." Yeah, it, it, a lot of things made sense about it at the time, and I got lucky that I met some really great people every time I would go up there. Um, at the same time, I didn't really know anybody when I first moved there. But um, the great thing about New York is you're constantly rubbing elbows with people, so I I got to meet some interesting people pretty quickly and. And uh, I loved it right away. And um, the bloom came off the rose a little bit after 10 years. But uh, okay. I, I still still love New York and, and still miss it sometimes. So, um, And we're going back, uh, be doing a release show there in a couple months. So it'll be nice to get back. I would imagine that you would have to have uh, kind of grown and learned a lot uh, while you were living in such a storied place and surrounded by uh, so many other talented and creative people, right? Yeah, a lot of a lot of trial by fire stuff with music and, and just life in general. This city 
you know, throws a lot at you and, uh, it's, it can definitely be a tough place to, to live. And, uh, it's a, yeah, I used to say New York is a great teacher and, uh, some of the lessons are not fun, but, uh, <laughs> I, I definitely learned a lot and learned a lot from a lot of really great musicians also. Along with everything else that, uh, that happened while you were living in New York city, I believe that you also found love up there, didn't you? I did. Um, Around the, you know, around the time I was try- actually trying to leave the city, I had already moved out of my apartment and given it up at the time and was planning on coming back here. And, uh, yeah, just an un- unexpected thing. Um, someone I met through friends who was living in the Bronx at the time and, and uh, wasn't something that I predicted, but uh, it, it kept me there another couple of months, and then I still made the decision to move home and then I eventually ended up going back to New York and sticking around another year. So, <laughs> um, yeah, it was a, a big development. Yeah. No kidding. Right. talk about kind of tearing you in different directions. It sounds like. Yes. Yeah. I, I, I had known that I'd wanted to, to come back to Texas, uh, for a little while. And my girlfriend at the time, wife, now we ended up moving in together in Brooklyn after I went back and, and stayed another year. And then, uh, there was a happy ending to it because we ended up coming to Texas together uh, in 2019. So it all it all worked out. That's fantastic, and yeah, I have to obviously congratulate you on on the nuptials too. That, uh, like you said, happened here in Texas. Thank you. Yes, thank you very much. I appreciate that. It's good to have you know uh, all these different aspects in your life covered, and and you can never predict exactly when you're going to meet that special someone. So you know, there's not always a way to plan for that happening right when you're trying to leave the place where you meet them. So, <laughs> so I'm glad it very all worked true. out. Very true. Me too. And it's and and we were very uh, um, glad to be here, especially during the pandemic, and to be around family. And and uh, I think we we kind of came here at the right time just out of curiosity how's your uh, spouse adjusting to texas i'm assuming uh, she's never been here no she had not she's actually from europe and uh it's definitely a different uh a different vibe but uh she loves it she really likes uh the people and the food and the culture and and so far, so good. We're talking to Barton Stanley David today on 88.9 KETR, and uh, you first came on to our radar here at Notably Texan when you released that uh, brilliant cover of The Cars Drive back in 2017, which still sounds great today, I gotta say. And uh, Thank I was, you. I was thinking about how that was a really interesting choice of, of all the songs that you could have decided to cover. Uh, you decided to do your own version of that. So how did you uh, pick that song, and did you ever imagine that that would be the song that kind of got you, for lack of a better term, discovered by uh, music outlets like Notably Texan? Uh, I didn't. I That was a song that I played uh, I played live. I played at a friend's wedding and, and got a really great response. And then uh, a good friend of mine wanted to produce it. And it was a song I always loved that I think a lot of people really have a, you know, uh, kind of an attachment to. It's it's such a great, you know, just such a classic song in the video. Uh, So we went into the studio with it and and it was just kind of uh, on a whim. Then seemed to really catch on and really connect with people, which was great. Um, I mean, I I was really happy that a lot of people at least felt like it, it did justice to the original because uh, I have so much respect for that that original version with Benjamin Orr. It's just one of the great performances. Yeah, and it's always a risk when you do a cover of, of a song that other that people know like that, you know, because some sometimes people are mm-hmm. like, oh, no, you butchered it, you know, but you definitely did not do for that sure. with this. Thank you. 
Thank you. Yeah, no, I was I was really really glad that people and people that love the cars uh, really seemed to like that version. You were talking a little bit about how you decided to to make your way back to Texas, and then all this happened with uh, meeting the love of your life and all that, which kind of kept you there a little bit longer. But did you want to open up a little bit about what what it was that was drawing you back to Texas after living up there all those years? Uh, just the sense of home and sense of uh, of roots. I mean, my my family's been in Texas since the 1800s and uh and it just felt like uh just for a number of reasons that it was you know for lack of a better way to put it that it was just time to to go home after 10 years of of uh of living in a a really busy and a really stressful uh city that can be kind of crazy at times and uh uh it just was time for a, a change of pace and uh I looked at a couple different places and, and decided I just uh, wanted to be back home. So uh, you've got this uh, new release coming out, and uh, I understand that you actually started working on the new album, Crest, uh, as far back as 2016, didn't you? I did. I wrote the the oldest song on the record is the title track, and I've had that. That that was around 2016 and, and, and then started writing the rest of the album around that around that time and, and was still writing until until 2021 it's a long time to be you know kind of putting all this stuff together but that's the way albums go sometimes and obviously the the aforementioned Mm -hmm. pandemic uh, i'm sure made you do things a little bit differently in the in the process of making this record yes for sure you know we didn't really start tracking it until 2020 uh but that was it's still about an 18 month process of of recording and doing things remotely initially and bouncing tracks back and forth to people all over the country and uh and then eventually doing in-person studio sessions it was it was a process for sure it's surely quite different uh from from your previous uh, albums that you put out yes i mean um the truth is that a lot of a lot of stuff was happening remotely uh even before the pandemic with a lot of people were mixing remotely you know i'd done had people track remotely before but uh yeah this was a whole new level of of people on a song together that never set foot in the same room. Right. <laughs> no, which was definitely unusual. You've got a song on the uh, new Crest album that uh, I believe was kind of inspired by your move back down Texas way, this tune Cicada, that you undoubtedly did not get to experience in New York City. There's probably not a lot of insect noises, I presume. <laughs> yeah, and, and especially in, in, uh, in certain parts. Yeah, it, it was something that, the two things that always jumped out at me when I, I came back home from New York were the sky, just how huge the sky is, and also the, the cicadas in the summer, uh, just how loud they are, especially, I, I guess I had forgotten uh, in 10 years away how how loud they are, especially that time of year. No kidding. Yeah, we get just kind of accustomed to it around here and sort of tune it out, but it is a, a definitely mm-hmm. loud sound uh, that those cicadas can make. Tell me a little bit uh, about that song. It's uh, basically about sure. you being drawn back to your home state, right? Yes, that was. Uh, I wrote that when I around the time that I had wanted to move back uh, and had been dating my girlfriend at the time for a couple months and, and came back here to Texas, and it was really the... Uh, the time being apart was tough on us both, but on her in particular. And, um, you know, I knew I wanted to move back, but I, uh, it was, it was really hard for her being there by herself and she was wanting me to, to come back. And so the song came out of, uh, kind of being torn between, 
uh, a person and a place. Um, but like we mentioned before, it had a. I ended up going back to to New York, and and then we came back here together. So it has a, a happy ending. And now she gets to hear the cicadas uh, whenever they roll back out this year as well, huh? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And uh, and we worked worked on this one with uh, with Jeff Signs here producing, uh, and and Matt Pence up in Argyle at the Echo Lab mixing. So it was a. It's nice that it was a Texas, you know, a true Texas track for a. A song about Texas. You were working closely with this renowned music producer in Dallas uh, who was befallen with a, a tragic and, and freak accident uh, during the creation of your new record. Uh, could you tell me a little bit about that? Uh, Jeff Sines, who owns, he owns a studio here in Dallas called Modern Electric, uh, which is a fantastic studio that he started, uh, I think, about 12 years ago uh, and has recorded some great artists there. I think did some work there with Leon Bridges that never quite made it out but still might at some point and and uh and paul coffin uh and some other some other folks but i'd been wanting to work with jeff for for a while for a couple of years i i had heard things that he had done and and um there was just a really great sense of space and and kind of a bigness and just really admired his work and we had met in 2018 and had been planning on working together for a couple of years but uh that whole process of me going back to new york and then course the pandemic threw a bit of a wrench into it and then we got started tracking together at the start of 2021 and we're working together for about six months uh and had gotten about midway through the record and there's a lot of a lot of people have heard around these parts um it was actually just a couple days after we had taken the tracks uh to mix uh he he encountered a down power line in his front yard um and suffered fourth degree burns to his hands uh and was in the icu for about 66 days and uh and unfortunately uh lost both his hands in the in the process yeah and jeff's obviously is a as a um engineer is you know uh a careful guy and uh, i mean it's it's just a scary thing but he is back doing his thing he's back producing it's it's pretty amazing uh i mean he's just a remarkable person he's already been back in the studio he's back at work and and uh Hopefully he's going to have prosthetics up and running pretty soon, uh, but he's already back producing, doing what he does. That is uh, just amazing, against all odds, amazing to uh, to hear that he is back uh, doing that and, and thinking about how uh, you know tough that is, you know when you you know you're using your hands all the time, and uh, it's just like mm-hmm. it's like taking an artist's uh, brush away or something, you know. He's it's I'm so glad that he's able to find a way to still do what uh, what he's so passionate about. Yeah, and his you know his ears and and of course between them are the great the great thing about him and and uh, he he's I can't say enough about him as a as a producer uh, and an artist too and and uh, just how great you know his creative instincts are and we really had a a great time working together uh, and I'm really proud of of the work that he did on the album. So did you end up having to kind of bring in uh, you know another producer in in the interim there when this happened? Yes, we you know had a pretty limited limited window to to make the album, and uh, we took a few months there. And I I did know Jeff, knowing him, that he was going to be, you know, if he was able, he was going to be back producing. Right. And maybe about two or three months later, I gave Scarlett Deering a call, who was a a young engineer that I had met around the time we moved back here, uh, and she's a violin player that uh, plays with the Eagles and played in Don Don Henley's band and was touring with the Eagles for a bit 
and she runs Charlie Pride's old studio, which is just down the street from uh, where we were living. Gave Scarlett a call. She obviously knew what had happened with Jeff, and we started working together, you know, with the understanding that if he came back, I was, I was going to continue with him. But we started working together, and she really, you know, had some, some really big shoes to fill, and, but just was fantastic and really stepped in with a lot of confidence and, uh, and great instincts of her own. And, and, you know, I'm really proud of her work also. Now, is, uh, is she any kin to uh, Milo Deering? Yes, so Milo is her is her dad. Okay, wow. Okay, I thought I knew I recognized that last name, and I thought, man, that's too big of a coincidence. You know, another uh, Deering in in music. So, wow. Okay. Yeah, Milo's. I'm a big uh, big fan of everything he does. He's great. Anything with strings on it, he sounds great on it. You've also got some great performers uh, backing you on the album. Uh, would you like to recognize uh, some of those folks who helped you out playing on the record? Yeah, for sure. I had uh, Matt Young, who's just a, a really fantastic drummer. Uh, who's played with everybody from Christopher Cross to uh, he tours with White Denim. Really great jazz rock drummer. And I had my bassist, Chris Anderson, who's who I've worked with for a long time, and a great pianist named Ben Fisher. And then we had some great uh, mixers, a guy named Dave Schiffman, who I actually started working with. He was the first person uh, I started collaborating with on the record. And, I mean, he, he was Rick Rubin's engineer for a long time and, and did... Uh, a lot of the Tom Petty albums, um, Alanis Morissette and Adele and uh, wow. Springsteen. He's he's been doing his thing a long time, and and he's really fantastic. And I was really glad to have him. You've uh, you've kind of revisited uh, some some sounds that we've heard from you before uh, on some of your previous releases. But there was uh, one of the songs that uh, kind of stuck out to me on the new record is called uh, "How We Live in Love." That's a little bit more amped up maybe from some of the other tracks on the record. Uh, any insights on that song? Sure. That was actually the last song I wrote for the record. I had read a lot about how the pandemic caused a, an increase in domestic violence, which was kind of a, a scary thing, and just how that changed a lot of people's relationships, you know, personal and family, and, and, and put them under kind of a microscope. And uh, so that influenced some of the lyrics. And then uh, that was one that we really had fun with, even though it was a heavy subject, we had a lot of fun with it in the studio. It was basically just a live, um, you know, I let my drummer Matt go to town and, and, uh, uh, we just wanted kind of a raw, almost grungy feel. And Dave, uh, who I mentioned, Dave Schiffman mixed and he's done everything. You know, he's did that first audio slave record and Slipknot, So he knows his way around a rock song. (laughs) And, uh, yeah, I was happy with the way it came out, and and I think it was fun to to have, you know, the other songs were pretty finely crafted, and it was nice that for this one it got to be kind of loose and and just fun, and and got to rock out a bit. Most people go into music; that's what they're uh, just envisioning doing is just uh, how the unbridled uh, fun that it is to make music with other people. But then when you get into the nitty gritty, you realize, well, this is a little bit more uh, mechanical. You know, right. where we've got to go in and uh, fine tune sure. each of these elements. So that had to have been a good that's time. Right. Yeah, absolutely. It was. It was. It was a blast, and I'm I'm pretty happy with the way. I think it. I think it came out. Um, pretty great. And Barton, I noticed this is releasing on your own label, the newly created Kinshire Records. Yes, I started that with an old friend, uh, Shane Stein, who I hadn't I hadn't seen uh, since we were kids. Um, and we moved back here, and he had, had been uh, producing some other music and, and movies, and uh, and we started the 
the label together and uh and he was he was really great through this whole process and a really great guy nice do you think you'll uh, just be using that to release your own stuff or do you think y'all will be having some other artists on the label we're we're working on uh on some other projects for sure i think um hopefully in the next couple of years uh and hopefully some local stuff so yeah we'll we're, we're definitely hoping to put that together and, and already recording some other things so Nice. Well, I, I'm excited I, about that. I trust that Kinshire Records is going to keep notably Texan in the loop then on those future releases. Absolutely, of course. I've picked out a couple of songs uh, from the record here. Uh, do you have like a, a favorite song uh, from Crest that you uh, think we should point out? Oh boy, I you know I like the title track a lot, even though it's the the oldest one and I've heard it so many times. You know, I really did build the the album around that. Um, so Crest might be my favorite, and I also wrote it for a good friend of mine and Evelyn is another one that I wrote for a, a friend that I really like a lot too. I know it's always, yeah. this is an unfair question because I ask a lot of artists this, you know, to, to pick out their favorite and it's like picking their favorite kid. I realize you like them all. So it is. Yeah. <laughs> Very true. Yeah. Yeah. And some more than others, but, uh, and always also, which is kind of a more of a pop, uh, big pop rock kind of a thing. But yeah, I, I, it, it is tough. It's definitely tough to pick. I was going to say, there's not that many more songs left to, to choose on the album no, at I this almost, point. <laughs> I almost named all of them. But yeah, the, I would say the title track has kind of a, you know, is, is a special one for me. Well, uh, this is coming out uh, on April 22nd, the full album releases. And uh, man, I'm uh, really excited to uh, to get the new music in from you. And I'm uh, wishing you the best with this. And uh, like I said, I apologize that we're not speaking face to face as we did last time because we had a lot of fun here in the studio. It's been a... It's been a lonely uh, KETR studio here for several years and really looking forward to getting back to inviting people in. But we'll definitely invite you back out here as soon as uh, we feel like things are a little safer. That would be great. Yeah, no, thanks so much, Matt, for having me. It's it's always great to talk to you. Yeah, and I'm, I'm sure we're going to be doing the in-person thing sooner than later hopefully. Well, I'm looking forward to it, man. And uh, all the best to uh, to you and your, I know it's a couple of years old now, but to you and your new bride. And I hope you're enjoying being back here in the Lone Star, man. Thank you so much. We are for sure. It's, it's great to be back in Texas. And we'd like to say thanks again to Barton Stanley David for dedicating his time and his insights about the new music from the album Crest here on Notably Texan. And when you listen to these online on-demand versions of our interviews, you're only getting a piece of the bigger picture. You need to listen live when they happen on air at 88.9 KETR, or you can stream our live on-air feed at KETR.org. And if you do want to hear some of those songs that we talked about from Barton Stanley David's new record, find out more on his website, BartonStanleyDavid.com. And please support the station that keeps you in touch with the best music Texas has to offer by clicking Donate on our site, KETR.org.